0: As Linda comes to read the scripture, again, these are really, really familiar words, but what is it that God is trying to bring to us through this baby that is to be born? What is it that we can find in the midst of that? And that may be the most important question, and then what can we offer as a result? So let's hear these words again. This is from Isaiah 40, verses 28 through 31. Have you not known... Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not grow faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint and strengthens the powerless. Even youth will be faint and be weary, and the young will fall exhausted. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength, they shall mount up on wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. Holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God. Thanks, Linda. I've got to tell you, um, you know, Beth and Dave Sanford have been at first service for the last few weeks. And and immediately when, um, when Beth came in and she saw what we were doing, she said, why in the world... Would you in August remind me of shopping? (laughs) Then the opening line of the sermon hit her even harder. Because what I have said is, Ah, Christmas, I hate to be the one to share this with you, but you only have 118 days, shopping days, left until Christmas. 118, it's not even a third of a year. Get busy. (laughs) And it's... It's so true. I mean, we 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 take this holiday and we segment it into a, a four- or five-week period when, in fact, what it offers us from two amazing perspectives are what creates, again, I've said it, our DNA as Christians. And it is a remarkable story. And it's so amazing to me what has happened around us is no longer can anyone in the media say the word christmas what? it's no longer <laughs> thank you dear it's no longer about the christmas season now it's been changed to the holiday season oh <laughs> i'm sorry i hadn't heard all this oh. so so it's amazing what's happened even though we know why this holiday began and we all have these amazing family traditions in the midst of this holiday do we not I I mean it's incredible I mean you you start thinking about it the tree the decorating for us putting the angel on top there's there's food that goes with it there is family that goes with it and my hope is there are candlelight services that go with it for so many of us there are these amazing traditions around this holiday. Here's the issue I have with it. Is we do this this silent night, and we're going to sing that in a few minutes. But, but this making this holiday as though it's some tranquil, peaceful holiday. When in fact, it is anything, according to these gospel writers, anything but that. This is the beginning story of our Christian DNA, absolutely the beginning story of what helps us understand what it means to be Christian, what it means to be followers of Jesus, and who is invited and welcome to the manger, and therefore to us, to the church. What is central to us? And so I want to talk about that a little bit. Because this story is remarkable on so many ways, and I absolutely believe that these two gospel writers, Matthew and Luke, wanted all of the followers from there on to completely understand what's at stake and what the focus has to be for this. Let's begin with the central characters. And you've heard me talk about this before. Mary, this young virgin, this young girl, probably no older than 13 years old, is chosen of God to bear this burden in, in, in very little ways. But it wasn't just the burden of childbirth. It was overcoming a law that required that a young woman who was pregnant out of wedlock should be taken to the gates of the city by her husband-to-be taken beyond the gates so that her blood would not stain the holiness of the city and be stoned to death. How can a 13-year-old have the maturity to understand and the trust to understand that God will not allow that to happen to her? Again, Seiko believes so strongly in angels, so strongly. And here we have the story of this messenger from God saying to this young woman, this young girl, peace, be still. I am with you no matter what happens. I will be walking with you and I will protect you. And she absolutely trusted that. A youth, a youth is about to change the world because of that trust her betrothed, her husband-to-be, Joseph, probably at that time 40 years old, which was old in those days. So we now have a youth and an older adult in the midst of this. And here is this man who is being asked not just to protect this woman and break the law for her sake, but to then adopt this baby that is not his. absolutely unheard of in that time. We have a youth, and now an older adult, and a baby. Three generations represented in the midst of this story. All are going to trust this power that is so much greater than them. To not only protect them, but to guide them. Please get your head around this. So, so far, who's welcome at the manger? Youth, older adult, and the baby is the focus. But we're not done. Luke was certainly not done. Because what Luke then brought into the equation, um, well, before I get there, one other thing. Remember that Mary and Joseph had to be obedient to the laws of Rome. And so they did what no one should have been asked to do at nine months pregnant travel 137 miles from Nazareth to Bethlehem, this dirty, unknown town in a completely different region. And it is dusty, and it is dirty, and in March when we go, you'll see what I'm talking about. And, And so they do. They are obedient, and they go because they need to be taxed, And they need to be registered. And so they follow that. Ironically enough, it is that baby that's going to be born in that stable, in that dirty, crowded, awful little town, who is going to challenge the laws of Rome. And that's what's coming. So there they are. The baby is born in a nothing place, a stable, dirty, smelly, and then placed not in a royal bed, but in a cow trough, where cows eat. Just want, again, this is the story of the birth of Christianity, our birth, our heritage. But Luke is not done. Luke then goes back, and he has the angels. So now we have youth, baby, older adult, in the heavenly realm represented in this story and angels are messengers of God who continually have brought through history messages needing to be heard and who gets chosen in this story to be the first to go and worship this child? The lowliest, dirtiest, least trusted shepherds. And you talk about being stinky and no one liked the shepherds. And yet these are the ones who are chosen by the heavenly realm to go and be the first to worship this child. And what happens to the shepherds? They move from being I love it, sore afraid to being so overjoyed at seeing this child that their lives become different. Their lives are changed because of this child. But they were the first invited Suddenly what that meant is the circle of who could worship. The God of all creation has just expanded in a way that was absolutely unbelievable and yet it was God's will that they would be the first. wasn't enough for Matthew. He expanded it even farther, didn't he? Because it was Matthew who then said, Kings, astrologers come, completely different religion, come and have not, have not only come to find the child but have listened intently enough to the universe, if you will, that they were able to follow this astrological sign to this place where the child was to be born Obeying the law of going to the king of this land. And what we now have is the comparison of kings. The king of the chosen wanted to kill this child. The king of the unchosen wants to worship this child. And not only do they want to worship this child, they want to bring gifts to this child and honor him. And so they stop with this king, they go, they find the child. They worship the child, they offer their gifts to the child, and then they warn the child that they need to depart and go to the place where their heritage really began, Egypt. A place of slavery that went from slavery to promise. The circle just expanded again, and I can't imagine... But the lives of those kings, those, we want to say three. We have no idea how many there were. The lives of those kings were transformed by what they saw in that manger with that young family. So much that they sought to save their lives by bringing a word that had been given to them to protect that family. But don't miss Egypt the Egypt piece of this. So, so Mary and Joseph and Jesus flee to Egypt, spend time there, and then come back up, and what most scholars believe is that in the midst of that story, what they do is they come up the same route that the Hebrews came up and came across the Jordan River at that place where Joshua came across the Jordan River and then took that Jordan River Valley up back, not to Jerusalem, the political capital of the chosen, but to Nazareth, an absolute unknown town that had no history whatsoever. And out of that, what happened? But that child grew and was formed in different ways and now came back to challenge exactly what it was and exactly who it was that was welcome to worship. Do you see the ever-widening circle, but also don't miss the transformational quality of that child? Whether it's shepherds or wise men or the potential of kings, no matter who it was, could be transformed by honoring, worshiping, and being centered on that child. But it also helps us know who we are to serve. Because then you see the stories of Jesus unfold. And we are to serve and invite anyone from those circles. Even according to Jesus, the hated enemies. Because something happens in the lives and the souls of those who come to worship, to be transformed when they too kneel before this child of God and take in all that he represented and all that is represented by each piece of that story. Friends, that's our birth narrative. That's what helps us understand our own DNA. There is a movement now that is so widespread of of people wanting to know their true heritage. And now you can send that blood test into Ancestry.com or a variety of other websites to figure out exactly where you come from. What is your heritage? Well, I will tell you right now, today, at the beginning of just preceding the fall season, that's our heritage. We are scriptural. We are scripturally based. But our heritage is Mary, a young girl, a youth, Joseph, an older adult who answered the call of God. Jesus, a baby born in this nothing place. Shepherds, wise men, angels, and a God who oversaw it all. That is our DNA. And as we come to terms with that as the beginning of our story, our story as Christians, that is what then defines us and where we go from here and who is welcome in this place. But I will not stop there. I can't. Because it is and has to be about the transformational the transformational power of Jesus. The transformational power of Jesus that we saw in every single one of those who chose to come. Christ is at the center of who we are. Christ is at the center of what we do. And our role is to bring all, all in, to worship this baby and understand what that child can do for them. I close with this statement that the power the power of when those two stories intersect with ours, when those that story of birth intersects with our story of life, miracles happen but they can only happen if we're willing to share our story with anyone who would come. That's our DNA. That's who we are. That's our heritage. That's our responsibility to bring the light of Christ to a world in need. Will you pray with me? God, as we begin to prepare for this year ahead, which is so important for us to understand the power that is in you. And our role is to be the angels to find the shepherds that are around us and bring them to the manger and introduce them to the power that is you. Our story is to find even the most powerful and help them remember what need to lay at their foundation. And yes, our role is to feed and clothe and house. Our role is to bring hope and peace. But help us not forget that our role is to introduce those to one who has changed our lives and transformed us and given us the power through you to do the miraculous. Help us remember all of that. In Christ's name.